The Book of Romans, Chapter 4 Now how does all this affect the position of our human ancestor Abraham? Well, if justification were by achievement, he could quite fairly be proud of what he achieved, but not, I am sure, proud before God. For what does the scripture say about him? And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned unto him for righteousness. Now if a man works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as a fair reward. But if a man, irrespective of his work, has faith in him who justifies the sinful, then that man's faith is counted as righteousness. This is the happy state of the man whom God accounts righteous, apart from his achievements, as David expresses it. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not reckon sin. Now the question arises, is this happiness for the circumcised only, or for the uncircumcised as well? Note this carefully. We began by saying that Abraham's faith was counted unto him for righteousness. When this happened, was he a circumcised man? He was not. He was still uncircumcised. It was afterwards that the sign of circumcision was given to him, as a seal upon that righteousness which God was accounting to him as yet an uncircumcised man. God's purpose here was that Abraham might be the spiritual father of all who since that time, despite their uncircumcision, show the faith that is counted as righteousness, and that he might be the circumcised father of all those who are not only circumcised, but are living by the same sort of faith which he himself had before he was circumcised. The ancient promise made to Abraham and his descendants that they should eventually possess the world was given not because of any achievements made through obedience to the law, but because of the righteousness which had its root in faith. For if, after all, they who pin their faith to keeping the law were to inherit God's world, it would make faith meaningless and destroy the whole point of the promise. For the law can produce no promise, only a threat of wrath to come. And indeed, if there were no law, the question of sin would not arise. The whole thing, then, is a matter of faith on man's part and generosity on God's. He gives the security of his own promise to all men who can be called children of Abraham, i.e. both those who have lived in faith by the law and those who have exhibited a faith like that of Abraham. To whichever group we belong, Abraham is in a real sense our father, as the scripture says, A father of many nations have I made thee. This promise was valid because of his faith in God himself, who can make the dead live, and summon those who were in existence as though they were not yet born. Abraham, when hope was dead within him, went on hoping in faith, believing that he would become the father of many nations. He relied on the word of God, which definitely referred to thy seed. With undaunted faith he looked at the facts, his own impotence, he was practically a hundred years old at the time, and his wife Sarah's apparent barrenness. Yet he refused to allow any distrust of a definite pronouncement of God to make him waver. He drew strength from his faith, and, while giving the glory to God, remained absolutely convinced that God was able to implement his own purpose. This was the faith which was counted unto him for righteousness. Now this counting of faith for righteousness was not recorded simply for Abraham's credit, but as a divine principle which should apply to us as well. Faith is to be reckoned as righteousness to us also, who believe in him who raised from the dead, Jesus our Lord, who was delivered to death for our sins and raised again to secure our justification.